0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Manic Movie Misfits Podcast. I am 0. .5, I am 50% of this podcast, I'm John Phillips, hello, I'm the other half, and TJ is the other half, yes, yeah, yeah, and today, we have a lot of things to talk about, are those fireworks on the table? No, that's, uh... <laughs> That's
1: ammunition. Oh. Those are bullets, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was like, the, I saw the little, like, sign on the side, and it looked like a firework thing, and I was like.
0: Don't worry, people. We're not we're not going to fire off any handguns or, or shotguns today or rifles. I just have one pointed at me. <laughs> he just has, TJ, there's just two boxes of uh, bullets next to us, and so TJ, well, yeah. Yeah. He thought they were fireworks, but anyway. They look like little poppers, like a box of poppers. So on that note, on that very, you know, interesting could potentially be deadly note. Yeah. We have a multitude of things we are going to talk about today, one of which, which will be the main portion of our conversation is on the movie on Avatar 2, The Way of Water. Yeah. Directed by Jim Cameron or as Sean Fennessy from the big picture likes to call him Big Jim. I call him Jamie Cameron. <laughs> Jamie Cameron. I like that too. Call him what you'd like, okay? Any nickname is up for grabs for James Cameron. Yeah. I am going to um, push the the nickname that Sean gave him, Big Jim. I like that. But a Jamie Cameron, I like that too. Yeah. Maybe we'll ask Emerson. Maybe he has a new nickname that's very Emerson-like. Oh, he definitely probably does. For Jim Cameron. Although Maybe he hasn't James seen Cameron? many James Cameron, mo- James, James Cameron movies, but I don't think. I don't think so. But yeah, but 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 we also have other things to talk about. We have Thief, which you and I just watched together recently. I about collapsed five different times watching that movie. And well, and actually we also rewatched Avatar, so that might be something to talk about too before we get into the second one. The second one what our thoughts were on the rewatch because not infamously because we're not famous, but um, we have said on this podcast before that we aren't, I believe so, that we weren't the biggest fans of the first Avatar compared to, you know, all the people that, like, bow down to it and say it's the greatest thing ever in existence of mankind. But but the rewatched, well, this is a slight teaser, may have changed things. But, again, we'll get to that when we get to that. Before we get going on anything, TJ, is there anything that you need to tell me, like maybe you're secretly producing the next um, Wes Anderson movie or I have something no, like that. I have no part in
1: Android City right now. Oh, okay. Um,
0: Shoot. although I am
1: very excited for that movie.
0: Got a little sad there for a second. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I'm very excited. It has a good cast. I mean, I it's we Wes I mean, Anderson. Yeah, yeah. It's even more
0: stacked than like some of the other ones. Though, what was that one movie that rec- That was recently. Oh, that. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> what was it? Amsterdam, right? Amsterdam right that we saw in the theater that I've erased from my memory <laughs> i I, th- I still think about it every now and then,
1: <laughs> yeah um i I saw an ad for uh like maybe two days ago, uh, because it was like on HBO Max or something, and they were like, go go watch Amsterdam. It's the biggest thing ever and I'm like i I turned to like my coworker and I was like, to think that this movie was like had such potential but it was such a goddamn failure <laughs> it was it, it blows my mind somehow
0: that the writing for that movie just had me spinning round and round and not in a good way <laughs> yeah it, among other things but anyway we're not here to talk about well i guess we can talk about that if we wanted to but because it is our podcast we run the world we run this podcast but instead tj you I thought the
1: lizards ran the world like the wizard men
0: the lizard men. What's that from? You, like have you, have you not heard that?
1: No. Um, there's like a conspiracy theory that like the, the, the lizard men, like the, the lizard what? Like that. Like I'll go to the internet right now. Um, well, is it pretty popular? Yeah, it's it, it's like been memed to death. Huh. Uh, it, it's it's kind of like um like robots, like people are robots. There's like lizard people.
0: Well, I know there's the thing where it's like birds aren't real and birds just spy – or or is the government spying on us. I know that's a thing.
1: Yeah. um, But like yeah, the the lizard people one is like – it's essentially just like – it's kind of like aliens or someone are like dressed up as like humans and the lizard people actually run the earth. So are we dealing with like a they live situation or something? Kind of. It's like the basics of the theory. Rep. The, it's the reptilians. That's, Reptili- that's a, it that's says a reptilian it. conspiracy theory. Is yeah. it? Yeah, it's the reptilians.
0: Reptilians are supposed reptilian humanoids which play a prominent role in fantasy science fiction, utology, and conspiracy theories. The idea of reptilians was popularized by David Ick, I believe I'm saying that correctly, a conspiracy theorist who claims shape-shifting reptilian aliens control Earth by taking on human form and getting political power to manipulate human societies, mm-hmm. when did this come about? Because honestly, it's... I wouldn't be surprised if this inspired John Carpenter to do "They Live," but I could totally be wrong.
1: I don't know, but like the whole the like the memeing of like the reptilians has been not too long ago. I want to say it was like maybe 2018 is when it, like it started picking up heat. Because uh, the big one was that everyone thought Mark Zuckerberg was reptilian, I, like made fun of him because he know, acts yeah. like a robot. Yeah, so everyone was like, "He's not actually human." There's no actual way he's the weak link. He
0: he keeps giving evidence to suggest that. I mean he he's yeah, not he's shutting not that down in
1: any way. So yeah, I, I I something tells me Mark Zuckerberg is not a human. Um, is
0: that the thermos? That, is that the thermos? The thermos. Yes, that's the thermos, John.
1: Is there any chicken noodle soup in that thermos? I'm going to go check. In the meantime... uh
0: Hold uh, on, be quiet.
1: Oh, okay. I see how it is.
0: Oh, hell. This is Just blocking. turn it off. You wanted me to check if there was soup in there,
1: bro. Oh, soup. I can't check. Is soup leaking at the bottom? You, you'd, you'd be able to see some broth.
0: No, it's
1: not. Oh, no soup. No soup for you. Uh, I can't remember the last time I ate soup, maybe like a month ago,
0: you know, long I don't time ago. I, well, you know, to be true, actually, I, I don't go out of my way often to eat soup, but I did eat soup at one of the, for one of the meals at Carol, because we only have like two meal options. So it's either oh, yeah. soup or something else. And I just went with soup. I mean, we have soup at my work
1: and I occasionally take a bite out of it, but it's not like as a meal uh
0: yeah it's not very filling because i mean it is soup yeah so okay back to this this much this much more important theory here oh the reptilians so it says that this originally came about from robert e howard who's the creator of conan of the barbarian in his story the shadow of kingdom published in weird tales in august 1929 yeah, I was gonna say he died in thirty-six. So there is a chance that John Carpenter was inspired by this. Do they live? Who is who is
1: the conspiracy theorist that you said earlier? The Eek guy. Eek? Eek? David Ick? David Ick. I C K E. David Ick.
0: Um Honestly, okay, first of all before we continue you do you vibe with conspiracy theories do you like a good conspiracy theory
1: I like listening to them I don't I don't believe in any but like I am okay. always fascinated with like like listening to them because I like sometimes they're just like enjoyable like there's nothing wrong with like a good like the government controls the weather kind of theory
0: yeah well and ultimately too you can kind of you can get great storytelling out of
1: exactly yeah too you get great ideas uh it's just a good time overall. Okay, yeah. real quick. David Ick is a English conspiracy theorist and former footballer and sports broadcaster. <laughs> he's written twenty books and has been self published since the mid nineties. Huh. Um but he was born in seventy or he was born in fifty two and he's still alive.
0: So hmm. um Well the reptilians. I, I for me. I'm, I'm mostly on the same page you are, except there are a couple that I,
1: that, that I actually vibe kind of do,
0: with? that I kind of vibe with. I'm like, you know what? I could totally see that existing. And, and I, I borderline believe in, or not necessarily it's, I don't, I don't want to say believe, but more of just like, if that happened, that would make sense. Like I, I yeah, that sort it, of thing. It all
1: kind of clicks into place. Yeah. What are like the big conspiracy theories? Like, let's look up like the 10 biggest. I want, I kind of want to hear what some of these are.
0: Well, I'm sure some of these have been in the next episode. Probably. 10 Probably. biggest... The Mothman. Conspiracy theories. Mothman. Um, yeah. One think, of my favorite conspiracy... I guess, yeah, yeah. Conspiracy theories that they do in the X-Files is... I don't know if you've gotten to this episode yet. It's the one where the government manipulates the... Like, the the uh, the rays coming from your television, whatever that's called. Like, the, oh, the signals, the television signals. And so yes. it manipulates you to do different things that you wouldn't normally do, like see people or whatever. I... I, I, I don't know if I've seen that episode but I definitely know what you're talking about yeah it's called wet wired and low-key it's one of my favorites but but okay. but stuff like that is is I like I like government-centric conspiracy theories like that one where it's like the government's controlling you with your television whatever one of my favorites I can't
1: remember what the the, the actual much, so the, 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 there's a conspiracy theory where there was this game in arcades okay I not remember what it was called like it was supposed to be like some sci-fi game. Um, that like, uh, essentially it boiled down to the, it came down to like mind control or something. Hmm. Like if you played the game, you get mind controlled and, um, like, uh, I can't remember what, like it got popular somehow. And then like, or like the, the idea of like going to play, it was popular. And then as soon as that happened, no one could find a single machine of it. So like, so like they all magically disappeared like one day. I can't remember what it's called, but it's super popular. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the most famous conspiracy
0: theories, just in general. Okay, but, so this this article, okay, is the best sixteen conspiracy theories. Best sixteen. All right, let's hear them. So one is the nine eleven conspiracies. Okay, which I know I'm somewhat familiar with. Yeah, here it's saying. Unfortunately, they don't give you like a two sentence quick thesis or whatever. But yeah, just a quick. That, yeah, kinda to, that. I kind of have to scroll through this. It says. Kind of like that the, like inside job kind of thing. or like. Is some famous conspiracy theories rely on anti-Semitic tropes, uh, such as the attacks being orchestrated by Israel. Many claim that because jet fuel can't melt steel beams. I remember that. The Twin Towers must have been brought down by controlled demolition from bombs. Hmm. Yeah, inside. Planted. Be- interesting. Yeah, I've I definitely heard that one. Uh, because I remember
1: that the, the jet fuel steel beam thing actually like it trended on the internet like not too long ago hmm. uh, because everyone was like, like, let's be real here. And I was like, I can't tell if this is a meme or like what, but like,
0: it's interesting that this is trending. <laughs> yeah. Here it says a 2006 no documentary debunked these claims mm. is what it okay. says. But that, that that never stopped a conspiracy theorist. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Well, that's the thing about them is they they really can no. Yeah, nobody cares if uh, it gets this gets this proved. They really can never be stopped. Like they'll always be. A, oh well, well, what about this or some or or they'll do yeah. like the philosophy thing where it's like, well, actually, this can exist because because this exists and you can't prove that that the thing that I think exists, you know, has this thing working that sort of yeah. thing. Well, I
1: mean, like. Yeah, I mean, I, there's so much, like, data against, like, the aliens building the pyramids. Mm. But that does not stop people from being like, the aliens actually built the pyramids. Yeah. No, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they did, that'd
0: be cool. But last time I checked, no. <laughs> okay, here's something else. Here's the, This is the last paragraph here. It says, other claims are refuted by simple logic. If a hijacked airplane did not... Cr- oh, wait, what is this? I think this is something different.
1: Oh, it might be just, like, a wrap-up kind of Yeah, yeah, idea. okay, we don't
0: care about that. I'll just scroll through some of the... there's yeah, just,
1: like, list some of the names.
0: Okay, here's one, Subliminal Advertising. We've talked... We get, there's a lot of different conspiracy theories around this. In fact, like, you can literally use, like, the TV thing that I mentioned is can be a part of this. Yeah, Subliminal Messaging is... I mean, that's that's a famous one. Yeah. Which, and that one probably is one of the more, like, common ones that could legitimately That's a more prominent exist. one, Yeah. Um, let's see.
1: Like submitting like a like a different frequency to make you like, like kind of
0: In the 1980s, more. concern over subliminal messages spread to bands such as Styx and Judas Priest, with mm. the latter band even being sued in 1990 for allegedly causing 18 suicide with subliminal messages. The case was dismissed.
1: I I've re- heard about that, yeah. Interesting. Um I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, subliminal messaging is like in music has gone back for like forever. Yeah. that was like a, that was a big thing against like the Beatles. Like really, uh, like someone that like when they got into their, their hippie phase and she like she got weird. Like uh, parents would be like, "Oh, there's some liminal messaging in here that like if you played this backwards and did all this stuff, oh uh, here's what it actually says," and like none of it's it, it's all just sounds, but like right. everyone's like it it clearly states states for uh for like listeners to do this. And that was, like, one of the big things, like, the the footloose, like, crazy church, like, uh, guy, like, let's ban this kind of thing. Like, nothing's actually happening there. <laughs>
0: let's yeah. be real. This one we're very familiar with as movie fans, the moon landing hoax. Oh, yeah. And how Stanley Kubrick apparently yep. yeah, apologizes
1: for it in The Shining.
0: Mm-hmm. That's one. That's one. That uh, I li- I like the theory as being like for entertainment value, just like people actually talking about it. But I, yeah, I, I just don't think that ha- happened.
1: Have you seen? Uh, there's a clip from New Girl where um, uh, the main the main girl and uh, the guy who's Zoe isn't Zoe Deschanel. Is the yeah, Zoe Deschanel, and it's a uh, Jake Johnson, the guy who's like the com- computer yeah. specialist in a uh, dress world. Yeah, they're going back and forth about like things they believe in and uh, Jake Johnson is like I don't believe the moon landing is real. I think it was faked. And so they go into like this little like mini argument and it's so funny. <laughs> I mean, look at the shadows. <laughs> They're <Nice>. obviously off. <laughs> nice. I that's the one of the that's one of the parts of that show I really like. <laughs> it's a very popular show, I know. Oh, it's very popular. Yeah. I, I think the first few seasons are actually pretty good. I think once they add the one the characters back though. Cuz they like they introduce a character and like the first episode and then they like kick him out of the show pretty much because it's like he uh uh so is like taking his spot in the apartment oh. and then they bring him back in season three and he becomes a mainstay but once th- in my opinion when they bring him back it ruins the chemistry of everyone oh he's not bad though i mean it's it's one of mm-hmm. the wayne's brothers so i mean classically trained or not classically trained but like he's been around they've been around in the industry for like a long time up to that point so uh he's a funny guy but like, the show itself fell off. But mm. that's besides the point. Conspiracy theories.
0: <laughs> yes. This one says... I haven't heard of this one. It says, Paul McCartney's death is the headline. Have you heard of this? Uh, Kind of. Maybe. Read a little Paul McCartney bit. is not dead. As of mid-2022, he was still touring, in fact, and he probably still would be if the coronavirus pandemic hadn't canceled his gigs. Okay, what's the deal here, though? Pretty good for... Okay, yeah. Pretty good for a guy that... Okay, they're going to get into it now. Yeah. The Paul is dead conspiracy goes something like this on November 9th 1966 Paul McCartney got into an argument with the other Beatles stormed out of the studio and was promptly decapitated in a car accident to cover up the whole thing to cover the whole thing up the band hired a lookalike and sound alike okay I'm yeah. not, I, I'm not vibing. I'm not yes. vibing with this one yeah that that is an actual theory um
1: is that like yeah he he didn't or like there's ones that like he um uh like yeah he, he was replaced it's, it's like the Avril Lavigne theory like That's, I I don't know okay that one. I'll get into that okay. in a minute um there's one where uh like they replace him and like and then um and, and it's kind of like a weird little thing it, it's one of the subliminal messaging things that I hmm. talked about in a minute or a minute ago, where it's like, um, if you play one of the songs backwards, I think it's Strawberry Fields Forever. If you play like the ending backwards, apparently you can hear that like a little message that says something about like him dying. It's really weird. Um, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, that's creepy. It's it's re- it's one of the weirder theories. Um, but like that that's been around for forever. Jeez. And then the Avril Lavigne the one is um that she was replaced in. Like the early two thousands, uh, and then, like since then, it's just been a lookalike doing Avril Veen things, like, uh, jeez. But I mean, I who knows? <laughs> yeah. What's
0: what's? See what it says here at the end. Uh, yeah, TJ. It literally says what you were talking about earlier. Not with an exact song, but it says, After going through all this trouble, though, the band then took great pains to drop clues in their album covers and lyrics to oh. hint to the public that something was amiss. For example, on the cover of the Abbey Road album, all four Beatles are photographed striding across a zebra crossing, but only McCartney is barefoot and out of step with the other three. Oh, my. What? I do Look at this. I know this, he's barefoot, but I, I, I don't know, like, out of step. Yeah. This must mean something, right? Despite public denials by the band and many, many public appearances by McCartney, fans couldn't just let it be. And, good one. And came together to look for more clues. Interesting. He is
1: the only one out of step.
0: I didn't, I literally did not know that till now. Huh. That he was out of step. I didn't know that. I didn't know either. Yeah, he, uh, his, like, foot's,
1: like, they're, like, all of them are like uh, have their feet one way, and he's the only one with the opposite.
0: Hmm, that's kind of freaky. It's a weird one. All right, we'll do two more. This one is John F. Kennedy's assassination. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of conspiracy lot theories of with this one. Yeah, the man in the bush.
1: I mean, uh, the umbrella see. man.
0: Yeah, yeah, here we have a bunch of questions. Did did, uh, did Harvey Lee Oswald act alone, or was there a second gunman on the grassy, all that so yeah. Yeah, did someone in the car shoot him? <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, it's, I mean...
0: These questions are the getaway to a vast arena of conspiracy theories that have spawned endless speculation in hundred, hundreds of books, articles, and films. Well, what's the one? JFK, right? JFK.
1: I um, My dad has, like, a copy of, like, the FBI, like, document that, mm. like... They released back in the day of, like, F- about JFK's assassination. I've been meaning to like, like, flip through it. Cause yeah, it's, that'd it's be a, cool. It's a hefty ass book. Um, so, it's, is
0: it just like a bunch of it's like the like debrief. documents
1: copied or whatever? It's, it's like the debrief. Mm. Um, and it's like it. it, it it's, I think he must have gotten it from like a library because like it is not a, mm. like a normal looking book. <laughs> Dang! And I'm like, I'm very, I'm excited to like get to that.
0: That's yeah. That that is, that is really cool. Let's yeah, see. I heard JFK is
1: a great movie.
0: I've heard. Uh, I I know like people. Keep, it's up there with all like the conspiracy thriller uh, yeah. like, movies, tr- even like trial movies, trial movies. Because um, I know people kind of group that with like, uh, like the Parallax View and and uh, those kind of movies. I guess. Yeah, I that, that it's the Parallax of View. As far as thriller, mystery, whatever movies... That's one of the most famous. One of the most famous, and I think is the one that's, like, number one on my list right now, possibly. Honestly, To get to. It's one of the...
1: Same... Like, it's definitely up there for me.
0: Yeah. I think for me, like, maybe Fire in the
1: Sky might be a little higher. I haven't heard of that one. What's that one about? Ooh, it's a... It's a 90s movie. Maybe early 2000s. Hmm. Um, It's... It's... The main plot is that five guys come back from, like, a mining uh, trip, and... Uh, they say that one of the either one of them has been abducted by an alien, or that there was like a, a sixth person with them who was abducted. Um, Ooh, wow! It has, I think it has Robert Patrick, the guy okay. who, from X Files. Yeah, but um, it's it, 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 it. There's one part of it that is infamously known, and I cannot say more. Okay, because if you do watch it, the surprise of it is like it it's it's legendary. Did you get it spoiled? A little bit. okay. I know the basics of it. Okay. But I've never seen it because it's just one of those scenes that like, it's one, it's, it's so, the, the production of it is so good. Hmm.
0: Um, so I've seen like a, like a teaser of it. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I will add that to my letterbox as like literally five seconds after we finish. Yes. Okay. I'll do one more since we're almost hitting the 25 minute mark. Oh, dang. We'll do chemtrails, you know, off of planes and stuff. Oh, chemtrails. Yeah. Let's see. As airplanes travel, they leave behind, yeah, them long water condensation trails called contrails. These cloud-like tracks dissipate quickly. But to some conspiracy theorists, these condensation trails are much more nefarious. The chemtrails conspiracy theory holds that condensation trails are full of other chemicals that scientists and governments are seeding into the atmosphere. Why? Pick your reason. It might be biological warfare or population control or geoengineering, or an attempt to manipulate the weather. Dang, yeah. that one's kind of wild. That one's wild. What are some other ones? Just like kind of like list them off. Okay. Yeah. Barack Obama birtherism. I don't know what that one's about.
1: Yeah. Uh, totally. I know, I know that there's like one where like people don't think he's an American,
0: but mm. COVID, COVID, and 5G. I know there's a lot of I know there's a lot of 5G, 5G conspiracy
1: theories. Yeah, 5G is like a big one. What 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 like that's currently. doing?
0: Oh, birds aren't, well, birds aren't real. We talked about that one earlier. The earth is flat. Well, yes, that is one. The ice walls (laughs) that keep the water in place. (laughs) Let's see. Reptilians run the U.S. government. Yeah. Talked about that. The reptilians. And yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. That, That was a fun sort of start. We now there know are no conspiracy theories in Avatar as far as I'm aware or Avatar 2. There are did, did you know that the universe
1: sits on a turtle's back or on a turtle shell? That isn't that supposed to be in it? Or what was uh, yeah. I think I Isn't that an it thing? Am I, think I like it,
0: wrong or what about that? I think
1: yeah I can't remember the exact part of it, but like there is something about like a turtle and the universe and stuff like that in it. Yeah. Or like the book of it.
0: The book, yes, the book specifically, obviously not the movies. Yeah, there, there's, there's, uh, Easter eggs of like turtle stuff yeah. in the movies. Spec- yeah,
1: specifically the new one. I don't think the old one like dives into that, but, but the yeah. So
0: TJ, yeah. Now that we're done with conspiracy theories, and I want to make sure we get to thief. Talking about thief, thief a little, yeah. <clears throat> because as a Michael Man Stan, as the as the people as the the fandoms are saying, standing, you know, like I stand the Man Stan. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like you Stan Yeah. You know, whatever. Bruh Batman, whatever. I'm a I'm a Michael Mann stan. You are a big Michael Mann guy. You like Michael Mann? I love Michael Mann. From the movies that we've seen so far with which both of us have seen the exact same three, I'm pretty sure. I think so, yeah. I've seen obviously some more of his content because I watched more Miami Vice than you, Miami but, Vice. but yes, yes. You you've still seen um some of the the, bi- the episodes that he's most uh, uh fami- um most how do I want to put this? Uh, that he worked with the most was involved in the most with, but <clears throat> yes, it's time to get to Thief. Talk about that, you know. However long, just just make sure we hit on it. Going in, I knew that it was going to be good because a lot of people were like, "Hey, this is a good it's, movie. This it's, is I mean, it's, it's Thief. Be the best." Yeah, and I came out of it very pleased, and even with those expectations of it being good. They, to me personally, they exceeded my expectations. And I think part of that is just from the fact that man countlessly, and this is one of his trademarks in in his movie making is how procedural he is with all these different um, jobs and crimes and whatever that are being committed and things going down in his movies, things that aren't really flashy, but almost make it more addicting because of that. It's just like this isn't necessarily cinematic in any way, but this is exactly what someone would do to break into a safe or yeah. whatever. And that makes him totally unique. Yeah. It's a lot more realistic. Yeah. And he does that almost like, like obviously he did. He does that as well. But like the way he goes into detail with this one is it's really ridiculous. Cool. Yeah. 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 It's super cool. It is. Yeah. It, we, we get the, there's obviously the two main, uh, um safe uh, breaking scenes um and yeah he really goes into detail and it oh yeah it's some great stuff I mean it's it's a great way I mean a little bit of spoilers for the movie yeah yeah um so skip like thirty seconds right that would probably fit. yeah, yeah. Or, or
1: just like this co- whole conversation
0: it's whole conversation yeah. Tj laid the hammer down where do do we have a hammer sound here somewhere probably not I'll just do this okay so for anyone that hasn't seen thief. Uh, watch it. It's really good. Watch it. It's really good. And skip, I don't know, twenty minutes maybe, and or figure out who knows something. Yeah. We'll, we'll maybe put
1: in a little timestamp, time stamp thingy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it's a great way to open the movie. I think. Um, it it, it imma- immediately got me hooked. Yeah. I mean, like between that and like the way that that like whole scene is directed and like put together, like with the music and like like just like the it's it's very like there's something to it. It's just like it immediately hooked me.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's when he does kind of these procedural things. It almost makes you feel involved as like yeah. a viewer. You're kind of yeah. like there with the guy doing the job. Yeah, it, it it it's kind of
1: the same thing as what Heat does because he he does something very similar where yeah with Heat uh they, it, you kind of go with along with like the preparation with it as well uh where it's like you see Val Kilmer walking around getting like supplies and stuff like that. Um, but with this one, it's like it, it like it cuts to it. It's kind of like a drop, like the opening of drive where it's like you are immediately thrown into like this little heist. And like, it's, it's very like there's, there's something very down to earth and it's just like, um, it's, it's, it's addicting and you're just like, whoa, yeah. Hold the phone. This is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Right from the get go. I love it. um, well, this one yeah, there's like some it's very like the, the music is like very like 80s synthesizer and like the there's also close-ups and like it,
0: just, it feels really cool. Like we can talk about the score now. Honestly, first of all, PSA real quickly. Please bring back synthesizers yes. in, for scores in for modern so cool. like for uh present day movies because obviously most prominent in the 80s and that gave the 80s some of the best scores just in, in general. general. Yeah. And this score, honestly, I, I like but don't like when I overreact because I like saying things as soon as possible. But at the same time, you know, time is always important and how you view things. Currently, well, I'll just say this. I wouldn't be surprised if this score – well, I'll say this: it is one of the most memorable scores that I have seen, seen out seen of any movie time. for me, because and, and just in a long time in general, yes. Yeah. Because, man, it, the way it sets the mood oh, yeah. is ridiculous. Oh, dude.
1: And love *Tangerine
0: Dream*. So good, and and TJ, I know you point out they did *Near Dark*, which I thought they was another good job by them, but I think yeah. this one is like this one's really good. This is ridiculous because it sets the mood, and it, it, it it's it has that style. But it all, and it but it also works for kind of like the grimy sort of like yeah, yeah. high intensity high intensity specifically too yeah. things that are going on yeah it never gets old it like I mean the, the movie's
1: about like two hours and like yeah. whenever that music gets like kicks in like whatever time it always like it feels like present it, it's like it, it's where it needs to be it hits the beats it's it there's like never a moment in that two hour like span where I was like the music doesn't fit here. Because it's always so good. Um, like I said, they did Near Dark, uh, and that the, their, their probably biggest movie that they did was uh, Risky Business, mm-hmm. which I think is another phenomenal score. Um, which I rewatched recently, and I was like, the score is one of the best parts of that movie, mm. straight up. Okay, um, and I think it did this, and like between Risky Business, Thief, and Near Dark, it's like it's a great like triad of like. 80s like kind of kind of pretty classic movies that um, I mean get that synth energy in there that are just ooh
0: so good I love yeah them. and I should I guess I should also add two with this score is like they also fit even happier moods too and like in emotion and uh, shifts in emotion most yeah. notably I think of the freaking what I think is a goaded just James Con being James Kahn. And Michael Mann being Michael Mann is when he sits down in the chair after the big heist and he's smoking the cigarette, kind of like a Robert De Niro moment in the good, in Goodfellas. So good. Where he's just smoking the cigarette and he's smiling after all the work that they've done. And the way that piece shifts.
1: It's so and good. And it's like
0: more upbeat, more kind of like a vibe and relaxing sort of. Like, yeah, you know you're done. Beat. And then it shifts to the moving water on the beach. Oh, it's so good. Psychotic, the way that the way that unfolds. And obviously a good way. I mean that oh, in a in a good way. Good but psychotic. Yeah, good psychotic yes, if that's a thing. I'm gonna make it a thing. Yeah. It works. <laughs> it works. Maybe. What was the other thing? Oh. I just wanted to mention too the, the way he shoots the city. And oh, yeah. you oh, brought yeah. this up too, TJ. You brought this up, yeah. TJ. But The way – and I I guess all specifically talk about a a very uh, fine detail with his shooting of all the city and everything, which is the lights. Yes. The lights of the city, the lights lights of whatever, the lights of his car dealership, lights on the – What I think one thing that I will take away and remember the most from this movie is – one shot is of looking at the hood of the car it's so cool. as the lights bounce off it. I can't remember. I, I can't remember a movie period that I saw where there was a shot like that where they were doing that.
1: Yeah, there's very few. I I want to say something like maybe Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas does something like that. But okay, I mean, I mean that's a decade and a half old, like older than this movie. Yeah, um, or later than that movie. Later, yeah, yeah, um, but. Then again, I like I said, I haven't seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas in a long time, so maybe I am wrong about that. But that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there is something, yeah, like like you said, so mesmerizing about like the way he shoots the city, and like uh, I mean, that is one thing that like I see like constantly through Instagram is like when people talk about like uh, Michael Mann, they talk about like how he like he he he's able to like capture a city unlike any any other director because like he the way he shoots the car- like the city it almost feels like its own like it, it feels like it's part of the story. Yeah. There's, it's it's very much like it's almost like it's own little character in it. Um with like it's like you see, you see like the, the beauty of the city and all that with like heat it's LA uh with thief it's Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And then Collateral again for L- uh, LA. Mhm. And I'm like oh my god. So good. Yeah. Um
0: yeah, he 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 I think definitely the peak a, a peak example of that would be the obviously the gun the gun uh fight fighting scene the shootout on the streets of yeah. LA the way he manages to move the camera around with all those guys and you can hear the echoing off the side of the the building and, and understand where the different obstacles are and everything like that is yeah, yeah it's it's ridiculous not not necessarily from a you know extreme long shot or beauty perspective necessarily but, but definitely that understanding of, of it, the city yeah it's, it still carries like a vibe that like
1: it's it's it, it's not just like a setting it's it's like it, there's a vibe to it like you have yeah. to you have to understand the city as much as you have to like uh, just set it there because I mean like um, I think that's something that like baby driver does super well is like it it it's in Atlanta but like they, there's like the way, there's a way that like, it, like it, uh, it captures Atlanta with like all the highways and like all the buildings and stuff like yeah. the way that like they, they speed around and run through places. And like, uh, it kind of carries that energy where it's like, it's more than just like a city that they drive through, uh, which is nice compared to like a lot of these big city blockbuster kind of things. Occasionally, you know,
0: speaking of, you mentioned baby driver, right? I just told it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I baby thought driver. I blanked for a split second there. Um, I think I saw a post recently. Uh, well, maybe yeah. Maybe I can pull it up just in case I'm wrong. But I think, I think Edgar Wright had Heat as one of his favorite movies. I think. Pro- yeah. Um. Which you know when you can com- with when you compare f- with what you just said to Heat, that's not a big stretch. Yeah. Um. Love Edgar Wright. Uh, yeah.
1: I, I I he's one of those directors that I w- always love hearing his movie recs because.
0: He's really good. I love
1: Guillermo del Toro's movie Rex.
0: Um, I like when directors are forward about it, and they're not just all closed up. It's like, bro, we want to hear what you like.
1: Yeah. Um. There's
0: a there's a few like actors and like directors where it's like
1: they'll like they'll just like tweet or something about like, dude, I just watched this movie and it is so good. Uh. Or like they'll create like lists. Like I can't remember if it was James Gunn or Edgar Wright. Like over COVID, made like in a thousand movie list. Of like, here's movies I love and I want to share with you. Jeez, um, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember if it was Gunn or Edgar Wright, but, um, I mean, I I scrolled through that and I was like, I love a lot of these movies that I've seen. Um, I think it might have been. I don't remember. I just remember that, like, uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service was on there, uh, like really highly rate like like you know, like near the top he's like here's like i i it's like like ranked a little bit in terms of like importance and like yeah. kind of like like my favoritism towards it like Honor majesty was, was like top 20 mm. i was like god dang. interesting i'm here for it but yeah um interesting pick
0: yeah one thing adding on to sort of the realism and mm. and and uncinematic things about the movie is is the dialogue Yes. I really like his writing style because it can be oh, quite awkward, yeah, at points. But that is kind of how people speak, and yeah. so, and I primarily I'm thinking of the 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 diner scene, which is just peak. I think is peak Michael Mann. Oh, from in many Pete ways, or for, or, from this, from from this. Well, yeah, both both diner yeah. scenes, um, but but the one from Thief, yeah, because. It's him again. It's sort of almost like a a a, a prelude to to the Heat. diner scene of Heat, almost I yeah. guess, but obviously di- different circumstances. Yeah, different vibe. But the way he lets the tu- uh, Tuesday Welds, I think, is the actress's name, and and yeah, of course know. James Conn. It's Tuesday something. Tuesday something. The way he has those two like gives them space to work, the and how he has it framed and everything allows so much development for obvious for for us as an audience trying to figure out who they are and i and i i specifically love that scene because you see that sort of like uh, james con's no nonsense you know um the, the his no nonsense manner of carrying out his job like yeah. very procedure getting everything done you know no like hesitation all that you know all that sort of stuff Mm-hmm it's 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 cool because immediately then you can see it reflected on him as an actual human being and like yeah. what he wants in his future and obviously well you even see that a little earlier with like the card right he folds out the card that has like his you know things that he want that he's yeah, going he's, to have happen future. in the future that he yeah. wants to have happen in his future um and then obviously verbally that kind of comes to fruition in the dining dining hall scene because he's like and a little bit before because he's like grabbing her and taking her place and he's like you have to you know we have to get married we have to have a child we have to have you know whatever uh, and this and this and this and this right right away one after another and it I, I love that about the character and just again adding to because in Michael Mann's writing because of that sort of reflection on the job and then also who James Conn is as a human mm-hmm. or the character that James Conn plays is as, a, as an actual human being and I will say, and I, I guess I want to ask you this TJ, cause you and I are both new to James Conn. I mean, we haven't really seen a lot of his movies, especially movies where it's, he's the main guy in it, the main yeah, character or wonderful. one of the two or yeah. three main characters. Obviously we both seen the Godfather, but you know, there's a whole collection of, of guys movies, in that movie. Yeah. But so, so as a, a leading man, as a main character, what, what did you think of him in, in this movie, TJ?
1: I really like him. I mean, I mean, he's a, he's a famous actor for a reason,
0: right? Um,
1: I mean I mean he's great in The Godfather like in a smaller role. Uh and I mean I've seen him in Misery which I think he's great but I mean let's be real that movie's that movie's all for Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates like absolutely kills that movie. Mm. And I'm not being ironic. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but I I think this is a lot more of like one where he's like the true leading man of the movie.
0: Yeah. Um where he has to carry it he basically has to carry the movie, you know, like, 80% of the time, more or less. Yeah. I mean, he's practically in almost every scene of the movie.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, where some of the other ones... I mean, he's not as much. Um, but I think he's a great actor. I mean, like I said, he's famous for a reason. He's very well regarded for a reason. Um, and I think this is, like, a prime example of, like, how good he can be.
0: Um, yeah, he he's, like... I don't know where I was going with that thought. One scene that that really stood out to me was the scene where he tries to adopt that child with with the wife. Yeah. And the way he sort of carries himself out of that scene from an acting perspective where it's sort of like the, you know, gotta act cool here, trying to recover from this. Uh, I didn't get my way. That sort of thing. The way he comes out of that scene is... Is one of many, obviously, in the movie that made me realize, like, okay, yeah, this is why people are like, this dude's legit. Yeah, because he had he didn't he didn't necessarily have the the crazy success as a lot of his peers did that maybe had a similar acting level. I, I don't know his true ceiling because again, I, I'm 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 young in his filmography. I'm new to this. I'm new yeah. to his filmography for the most part. And so I don't know what his ceiling is, but I can tell you from this movie that he was a thousand percent the right person for the role and gave the right performance that you were looking for Yeah, uh, because of all the different moods and settings that he sort of fits because, like, he can be super menacing in this movie, mm-hmm. but he can also be kind of, like, family man, sort of, like... Yeah, he, he plays a little bit of every role really well. Yeah, sort of the... I'm actually not a super menacing thief. I'm just sort of a thief. Like, you kind of almost get that at the beginning where you're like, okay, yeah, he's a thief, but he's not necessarily super, like, you know, yeah. hit man, I'm going to kill everyone because you did this. Yeah. Uh, but then, as we know, he, towards he, the he end, he, he can do that and... I think that obviously is an a testament to how good to the he performance. Is. Yeah.
1: Real quick. Yeah. I was looking through some of his movies. Did you know he's in El Dorado? That's no. He looks like an El
0: Dorado. That's him. That's him. That's Mississippi, isn't it? It's Mississippi. Wow. I, I, I did not pick that up. No. And you, yeah, we both didn't pick that up when we watched it, did we? I didn't at least. Well, I mean, I, how,
1: how long ago did we watch that we, movie? It was a while ago. And we watched up that. that was like one of the first movies we watched together, yeah.
0: I think. But also if you see a photo of James Kahn in it, you'll you'll kind of under, you'll kind of understand why we didn't recognize him because he is really he's, he's young. young. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think like like I'm looking at his big movies and it's Misery, Elf, Godfather, Thief, El Dorado. <laughs> like mm. his really, really big ones. And I think yeah, The Thief is like the one really big one where he like he is the standalone uh like a big leading man. Um, I'm glad he got it. I'm glad yeah, he got this role. I'm glad, I, I'm glad he did too. Yeah, because I mean, like you said, or like I said, he's great now. Like all all those other movies, he's a fantastic actor, and I think he's a classic actor because of it. But let's be real. This is like, like I said, his time to shine. He kills the whole. Like he kills his whole part in the movie. He is yeah so good. Uh, like I said, he touches a little bit of like every little vibe. Like here and there throughout like the whole runtime of the movie, it's super cool. I love it.
0: Yeah, he the the last thing I'll mention because we want to obviously get to the Avatar stuff. So I'll say this last thing, and then TJ, if you want any, to add anything else, you can. But just I want to spotlight that second heist scene. Oh my god, the second one's awesome. That is just yeah. that is Michael Mann just like playing with everyone in the film industry. <laughs> to so me. Good because first of all it's 100% real like i looked it up they did actually burn through that safe with the magnesium rod like they did damn and 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 the way the the just everything the the the, the different the, the color matching with like their dark black suits and the and the pristine white walls so cool the way they shoot them actually going through the the safe like from both from both sides with the rod and the way the sparks, like, obviously they come across at first as, you know, the very procedural sort of realistic thing, but then they naturally become cinematic. Mm-hmm. Like almost like, like unironically, like they, they, it just, it just sort of happens and he does. And, and Michael Mann doesn't force it. And I feel like I see that with some of his other stuff in some of his other movies, yeah. but it's just, you know, it's just, that's how
1: that works. Real, realism somehow becomes cinematic with him.
0: Yeah, I, um, I specifically think. Remember, there's that one shot where it's like it's focused just on all the sparks flying. And the sparks are almost, are more or less centered on the screen. It's just like going so, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and and just also the the way the in, in that scene too. You have the the I think there's two. Or, there's definitely two, and there could be three pieces by Tangerine Dream in there. But the way those fade in and fade out and where their place. So good and. It, it just a whole, like you see, you see peak man in the way he uses silence in that scene, but also peak man when he uses the act, the stuff with the sound and everything. It's just, that scene's 10 out of 10. And I think, I think for me, well, I mean, there's a probably <laughs> debatably, these are like more or less the two best parts of the movie. So whatever, it's going to be common opinion. But I think for me, the, that second heist is my favorite scene. And the diner scene is my second favorite. I think for me, I think for favorite scenes for me, it's
1: probably the opening. Okay, the opening or the ending—the first and the last scenes of the movie. Okay, um, I love—I I loved the ending. Um, what did you like about it? I—the uh, one thing I like, my mind immediately drew me to, hmm. which you haven't seen. Okay, uh, is Beverly Hills Cop.
0: Oh, with Eddie Murphy.
1: Beverly Hills Cobb okay. does something very similar with its ending. Interesting. Um, which I was, but like the, it, 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 it's uh, the the shootout scene at the end is just oh, it's it I, it, it it's a, it's like a precursor to kind of like that uh that loud like gun the gunfire energy kind of like thing that like Heat has mm. at, at times yeah um and it it's nothing too flashy. I mean, it's I mean, it's like he kills like three or four guys, but like it, it's super tense at the beginning, and then when it becomes kind of more like a western shootout in front of the car, it like it there's just like effortless, just like like he he just becomes has like that effortless badass energy, like yeah. he he like he like begins to exude in that last like bit of the movie. And I think it really comes into a head there, and I like it very much kind of has like I said that western shootout energy that was just like. This is just cool. I love this. Um, yeah,
0: I assume since you do it on your list, you really liked the silence that they used there, especially when he was in the house. Yeah, I yeah. love that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, the the way they like, he just kind of like he goes through all the rooms like super quiet. You know, ca- occasionally cut to like the one guy and he's like he's like super quiet and like hunched over in the corner and he's just like, you can hear like James
0: Conn getting closer and closer. Oh, it's so good! A great touch, a nice little touch in that. In it was they didn't show the main guy getting up and leaving that room. You only yeah. found out once James Con found out, and that made it so much more like suspenseful because yeah. you didn't know where he was. I thought that was it's so good. Uh, yeah, um, nice touch.
1: And then, I think my my own, my one only kind of gripe with the movie, yeah. And I think it might be better upon rewatch. Okay, is for me personally, I had a hard time kind of past, past the opening scene. I did have a little bit of a hard time, like getting into it. Okay. But I don't know if it was just cause like we didn't have subtitles on cause we turned on subtitles for the last little bit of the movie. Yeah. And I think once I like was able to like, kind of like, re- like establish what they were saying, it made it a lot better. Um, but like, the, I, I I don't know. There was just a weird like vibe where it's just like some of these scenes, I know they're good and they're well-written, but like, I don't know. I couldn't get into it.
0: I I agree with with your assessment there. Yeah. But I didn't knock it, I think the way you're kind of describing it. I didn't knock it as much. But yeah. so I guess the I'll say our scores, TJ. I, I gave it a four and a half I gave it a four and a half out of five. I gave it a three and a half. And you gave it three and a half. So my knock, the reason I took a half star off. Is because for one, it didn't have. You know how there's always that vibe with the five star movie where you see it and you're like, it just yeah. has that energy to it. Yeah, yeah. Like Heat is one of those movies for me. Yeah, this didn't. So that's part of it. Yeah. Like it's kind of weird. It's almost like a sixth sense, but you you know it's yeah. there. You know there's, what I'm talking about? It's just a, like
1: a there's a feeling that's just, like attached to it, where, like you you finish it or like you're you're like watching it and you're like, this is this is it. Yeah. Like there's nothing else like this, uh, where it's like. There's there's there can be a movie like very similar to it, but like if it doesn't have that like if you don't have that feeling while watching it, it's it just it it doesn't click as much like yeah um like yeah like like you said heat I I feel I feel that wholly and completely with heat yeah like uh, rewatching heat versus like watching thief I there was a feeling I had while watching heat where I was just like oh my god after Whereas, like yeah. I would, but like while watching thief I was like this is good. And I know it's good, but like, it it just
0: doesn't, it didn't click with me like that. It didn't, it didn't, the thing with sort of this combines with that, that feeling is like, there was no moment in heat where you had a question come up. You're like, why, why did that happen? Or it didn't, it didn't give you a chance to be like, okay, this doesn't, this doesn't work. This doesn't quite fit. It's like, there was no speed bumps or anything in that, in that movie heat. It was just going. It's a streamlined, is just like. No, my, yeah, it's just like the feeling you get while you just like
1: you sit there and you're just like this is right. This is Give me all you got. Oh yeah.
0: Give me all you got. Oh wow. <laughs> dunk Pacino. and dunk dunka dunk Dunkachino chino I I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to have to see that movie just for that one scene. I'm going to have to see it. Oh yeah.
1: Jack and Jill. I I. It's one of those ones where I'm like I'm always morbidly curious about it because like. <laughs> Dunk is one of the like funniest <laughs> scenes. Cause it's just, it's so bad
0: when you, and you're also, it's also just cause it's, it's literally just Al Pacino. Who's like Michael Corleone and yeah. you know, Scarface and... actors of all time <laughs> and he's Dunk a
1: and a blatant Dunkin, uh, like Dunkin Donuts commercial. But also that joke doesn't make sense. What do you mean? Okay. If his name is Al Pacino, yeah. then why is it Dunk There should be a P in there. It should be Dunk Pacino. Well, it doesn't so, have to be his full last name, does it? Or what do you... Well, he, well like, when he does the scene, he's like, I right. changed my name to Dunk. Dunkachino. And it's just, like... he <laughs> Oh, he, he right. Makes it sounds like he only yeah. changes his first name. Right. And, I'm like, there's still a P in your name, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> just like, it gets me... It's one of those things I'm just, like, I sit there and I'm like, no matter how many times i watch that scene, which is pretty habitual. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um... I always sit there and I'm like No. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sit right with me. At least at first and then I, I start dying. Yeah. But well, I need I need to watch the full movie because um two Adam Sandler's <laughs> sounds so funny. <laughs> but also yeah. I think Al Pacino starts hitting on female Adam Sandler. I think that's like oh. I think that that's Al Pacino's role in the movie. Um That might scar me. I think, if I remember correctly, I, I haven't seen anything on that movie in years.
0: That could legitimately scar me, and I'm being serious. How, what does that have on Rotten Tomatoes? Well, I'll say my last thing while you do that, TJ, on Thief, so we can wrap it up, which is, yeah, so, so I, I do agree. So my half my half star, and it might go down, it's one of those movies that has a potential for me to go down to four to five, four out of five, but we'll see, mm-hmm. is, is that it was a little bit, rough at the beginning as far as connecting yes. things start uh, establishing relationships between you and the characters whatever things like that but I didn't dock it as much as you I think because I kinda and again this is a slight excuse but I, I, I will admit that but ultimately my reasoning for not docking it as much was that sort of is kinda Michael Mann's point is to kinda make it yeah uncinematic and a little more rough yeah now on rewatch like you said rewatch might change your thing it might change my thing that might make me make make, it more yeah more i was just like i don't know what was going on there i was going psycho but but yeah we'll have to see what happens with that nonetheless great watch yeah it's one of those ones where it's like the more you watch it the more you're gonna
1: like it yeah so if you think the beginning is a little rough Stick it out a little longer. It's
0: going to get a lot better. And one of those movies that I'm glad is in a director's filmography because it just makes Michael Mann so great, you Mm -hmm. know?
1: Okay, I found Jack and Jill. Okay. (laughs) Guess what it has. 13%. Oh, oh, lower. 5%. You're getting
0: there. 3%.
1: Yeah. Wow. As a 3%. Has a 36% audience score. And has a 3.3 on IMDb. And a 23 on Metacritic. Hmm. So, I wonder if that's Adam Sandler's, like, lowest rated movie.
0: Emerson will actually be over at 6 to 6.30. This boy. You know, one of our favorite things, TJ has been calling out Emerson on the podcast, because it seems like every time we do a podcast, it's us waiting on Emerson.
1: Yeah, it usually is.
0: And so, everyone... The, the the eight people that listen to this podcast know that Emerson is late all the time and that we constantly call it Emerson. Yeah. Well, hopefully, Emerson will get maybe, I don't know, we'll get some, we'll, we'll stop the, the podcast at a certain point after maybe our initial react, our, our discussion about the first Avatar and maybe a little about the second Avatar so we can have the rest of the conversation with Emerson.
1: Yeah. Okay, real quick. Yeah. I found the worst Adam Sandler movie. Okay. The Ridiculous Six.
0: I've heard of this one, actually.
1: Guess that one.
0: 1%? No. Zero? A solid 0%. Battlefield Earth, what is it? That one has a higher than a zero, right? It's like a three. Yeah, it's like a three. So, so I imagine Ridiculous Six is on the list of like the worst movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah. That one, I think they're
1: absolute lowest rated... Uh, yeah, Battlefield Earth has a three. Oh, I have it, like, saved in a, uh, in my watch list right now, because I was going to try and Would watch you it.
0: like some lunch? Uh, I have it saved right here. I'm going to pull it up real quick. Do you quick. think when Travolta was doing that scene, he was like, this is my Oscar moment, TJ? Maybe. Because uh, oh, at that point he lost for Pulp Fiction, right? He was able to go for Pulp Fiction and lost. Lost, yeah. So maybe he thought this is my Oscar moment, and this is like the modern day 2001: A Space Odyssey, and this is going to get me all the all the critics, some all the like love. That. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I remember it's the lowest rated movie according to according to Rotten Tomatoes is a action movie called Ballistic X versus Sever. And it has Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu, I think. Okay. Um. And it has Ray Park, who's the guy who's a, uh, uh Death Mall. Oh yeah. And Snake Eyes. Yeah. Okay. The the thing about this one is, like over time, people say this is not the worst movie of all time, like. But hmm. Rotten Tomatoes said, like, it's like hell bent that it is. Um. But. I can't imagine there being a worse movie than Battlefield Earth, but um, yeah. there there probably is, so. I watched a scene from this movie and it's like it's bad but it's not that bad. Hmm. And I'm like 0% is very uh like harsh. It's 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 still it's it's passable. It's not too much of a failure. Okay.
0: Yeah, well we, you know, as a group some of you on, that are listening probably already know this because of our stories that we've told. We like to watch dumb movies and bad movies. Oh, yeah. We haven't in a while. Like, I like well, a really... I mean, we watched Super Mario Bros. movie. When was that? Well, okay. that Was that... We watched... We did watch... Well, actually, we actually both agree that... We're not talking about... Street Fighter's not a dumb movie. It's it's campy and weird and like... It's dumb, but it's... It's fun. dumb, but I wouldn't call it... Super Mario Bros. But Super Mario Bros., Yeah. We watched that one. I think the October
1: summer. of last year. It's been that long. Yeah, we watched it over a year ago. That's
0: what I was gonna say. It felt like over a year ago, dude. I my memory, my time is just screwed up. I thought that was definitely way sooner. Yeah. I don't know.
1: But a guy named Mojo Nixon is Toad. Mojo Nixon. Mojo Nixon. Lance Hendrickson is the king in that movie. What? Huh?
0: That movie that 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 movie scarred me in multiple ways. By the way, why does this have a kind of good cast? What the Mario Bros movie? Yeah. Why is it kind of good? Because I know there's Dennis Hopper, but Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, okay. Dennis Hopper,
1: uh, Fiona Shaw. Um, really? We well, have yeah, Lance Hendrickson. Uh, Frank Welker's. He, I mean, the guy who's a uh, Scooby Doo.
0: Okay.
1: And then you got... Uh, there's someone else who's, like, kind of big in this. A few of these people are actually kind of big. One guy... or um, There's a guy that's in, like, Ferris Bueller, Do the Right Thing, Platoon, Good, Mor- or, yeah, Good Morning Vietnam, Strange Days, like, a bunch of, like, smaller stuff, but... Mm. Like, small roles, but... And a guy that's in Grand Budapest, French... Like, a bunch of Wes Anderson stuff, as well as Hail Caesar, uh, Hackers... Like, short circuit. A bunch of, like, I don't remember this guy. He's a very distinct face, though.
0: Oh, yeah, he does look familiar, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then the lady who's Daisy is an American psycho. And little women. Huh. Hmm. Like, they got a bunch of, like, people that did decent things with their career.
0: All right. This is the end of this episode. On the next episode, which is available now, TJ and I talk about our experiences re-watching the first Avatar and then go on a deep dive with the latest Avatar movie, Avatar 2, The Way of Water. And at the very end of the episode, our friend Emerson joins us to discuss the movie as well. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.